Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. My name is Christian, and today we're going to be doing a mock draft because I want to challenge myself to do something. I want to wait on drafting a tight end and wait on drafting a quarterback pretty much as long as possible until the last viable options are out there. And the reason that I want to do that is to challenge myself, to push myself to see if I can do that successfully. If you can kind of get a good late round tight end steal, a late round quarterback steal, then you open up the first five or six rounds to be nothing but stud running backs and stud wide receivers. And so if you can get away with that, you can absolutely load your roster with talent. So that's what we're going to attempt today. We'll see how successful I am. I will totally still be posting this if the draft goes horribly and I look like an idiot because mock drafts aren't about looking like a genius. It's about learning some things. So we're going to have some fun doing that. I would say, hey guys, make sure to go check out our TikTok and our Instagram. If you are subscribed to us or you're watching this video and you want more fantasy content, that's where I'm posting more content that doesn't always make it into these videos. So definitely go make sure to do that. But that's what we're going to do today. We're going to dive right in and hopefully we're going to put together a good roster. A reason this is a bit of a challenge for me, waiting on a tight end in particular, is because I always draft a tight end early. I always do. In the second or third round, boom, I'm drafting a Kittle, I'm drafting a Kelsey, I'm drafting a Mark Andrews. And I kind of consider myself to be a bit of a tight end guru. I was one of the few people who was really big on Mark Andrews before he got big. And so I think that I've been a little bit ahead of the game in that area for a while. So I want to kind of challenge myself to see, hey, what can I do if I wait? Um, because I don't want to go into a draft, uh, especially in, say, a dynasty league or whatever it may be, and all of a sudden there's no tight ends left and I'm panicked and I don't know what to do. So that's essentially what we're going to do today. Hopefully that sounds like fun for you guys to hang out, talk some football, and see what this roster looks like. And hey, if you guys want to talk about any of your mock drafts, leave your rosters down below and I'll tell you what I think of how you did, um, any other decisions I might have made. But uh, let's get right into it, guys. Let's have a good time and talk some football. So first thing we got to see is first couple guys off the board, McCaffrey, Barkley, and then Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams. And here's a few things to note about that. I think in none of my leagues that I play in would Devontae Adams go at number four. However, that's not a terribly unrealistic pick. What I see out there that I find really interesting is there's still a lot of running backs right now, and some I'm not going to pick for a while. Those are pretty much your options. I think Joe Mixon's too early at this point. you got to go with Ezekiel Elliott, so we'll take him. And it's uh, it's going to be a while till I'm up to pick again, so I'm I'm curious to see what like who's left and, and who's been taken. It's crazy to me that Aaron Jones is still out there. So personally, I'm going to look at all the other options, but I pretty much feel like I have to take him. And here's why: people forget how dominant he was last year. He tied Christian McCaffrey with 19 touchdowns combined, rushing and receiving. That was most among running backs and receivers last year. So yeah, he was really dominant. See kind of surprising to see a lot of guys go ahead of him that did if we actually come over here we can see like Kenyon Drake went before him I love Kenyon Drake that's a reach for sure um some other guys in there as well I love Miles Sanders I don't know I probably got to go Aaron Jones over him same with Eckler and especially Fournette but Nick Chubb also fell so yeah there's definitely definitely a lot of talent out there still we're gonna go there and boom you can actually I probably should come over here and show you the lineup that I'm working with I can there we go. Get the roster pulled up. We got our running back set. Now it's time to decide what else we want to do. And my challenge for myself in this draft is to wait on a tight end. I don't want to always draft a tight end early. And the reason for that is it's kind of my habit. It's my go-to. Take an elite tight end in the first three rounds and then don't worry about it. 
Well, in case that doesn't happen in one of my leagues this year, I want to worry about it now. So we're going to get some practice and seeing what some other options are out there. There's still some unbelievably talented receivers. It's crazy to think right now I could still get Mike Evans. What people don't realize about Mike Evans is he got hurt and missed a couple of games. Had he not missed those games, he would have finished with the third most fantasy points among all wide receivers. He's the third best wide receiver, in fact, uh, according to last year's stats, that may not exactly prove true for this year, but we can actually go through and see which wide receivers have been taken so far, and tell you right now for sure it is a, a lot more than two. But, hmm, I wonder where we looked that up at. Anyways, we're just going to go ahead and draft him. Uh, there's the draft board. So there's what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine wide receivers before him. Just missed out on Kenny Galladay, but really, I'm not complaining at all. So let's go take Mike Evans and secure a stud wide receiver one. And yes, Chris Godwin got taken like over a whole round before Evans, but I do think that he is he's probably the better option. There's Terry McLaurin out there because we still do have to lock up another wide receiver. I'm going to wait on my quarterback, um, and I do like Terry McLaurin. But it does make me nervous. I like A.J. Brown more. Let's see who's been taken and the kind of trends. So since we took... Actually, let's go further back because I kind of forgot to do that after Aaron Jones. D.J. Moore went. Let's know you get your first tight end taken um, in round two, pick ten. So the late second round, Kelsey goes. And so does Lamar Jackson as the first quarterback. Then Kittle goes and Pat Mahomes goes. So you get the top two QBs. And now there's no way I'm drafting a quarterback for a long time. Those are the only two guys that I would consider drafting in the first, you know, even five rounds. And so going to wait on a quarterback. The top two tight ends are gone. You could see if a guy like Mark Andrews was out there. Typically, this is where I would take one of those guys, although I believe Mark Andrews was also drafted earlier. But, you know, maybe go out and draft a Darren Waller or whatever now so you don't have to worry about it. That's not my strategy for this mock draft. Again, I'm trying to get used to the idea of not doing that every single time because it is somewhat a bad habit for me. Looking at their Metcalf is out there. Stefan Diggs is still out there. Man, there's a lot of talent out there, but I think you got to go A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown was phenomenal last year. He had over 1,000 receiving yards, and he had to deal with Marcus Mariota as his quarterback for, I think, four games, was it? That tells you how dominant he was. I think he is truly one of going to be one of the best receivers in the NFL looking forward to the next couple of years. So there we go. We got two running backs. We got two wideouts. Now you could start looking at some other options. Like I said, I'm still going to wait on a quarterback, and I'm not going to take a tight end because that's what I'm trying to do for this video. So it's pretty much for me, it's another wide receiver. But let's again take a look at some trends. Terry McLaurin did go. Melvin Gordon, Parker, Waller went as well. You get T.Y. Hilton, Carson, Le'Veon Bell went. It's interesting to see Le'Veon Bell fall to round five. I'm not a huge Le'Veon Bell guy, but in a PPR league, he's a fair deal for a fifth round pick. Jonathan Taylor, that is interesting. Early fifth round, a rookie running back who will be competing with Naheem Hines as the PPR guy, as that receiving back guy. And then they've got Marlon Mack, who was okay on the ground. He was a bit of a disappointment, if we're being honest, but he wasn't horrible. So that might be a little bit of a reach, maybe a little bit of a mispick. But you can actually see a great way to kind of check on some trends is take a look at this team name. And we can actually come over here. Where is it? Rosters. And we'll see what they're working with. So they got Pat Mahomes, took Taylor. They got two, oh, they got three wide receivers. They got very good wide receivers. Tay McLone is your wide receiver three is phenomenal, but they definitely are not sitting too hot in the running back position. Jonathan Taylor is a guy I love. By the way, I do love Jonathan Taylor. I think he's very talented, but I don't think that Jonathan Taylor is going to be 
um, the safest pick. You know, as much as I like him, as, as talented as he is, it's hard for me to say, yep, Jonathan Taylor is an awesome guy to go out and grab at this point. So, you know, certainly would like to at least secure an Aaron Jones, a Christian McCaffrey, one of those elite backs, so you at least have one. But, you know, good for them. They did get their quarterback under wraps. Their team's looking good. As far as mine goes, where are we? I don't even think I named mine. That's probably a mistake. There we go. Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones. So we got boom. Four players picked. We're going for our fourth right now. I like Stefan Diggs. I really do. Um, Josh Allen's not a quarterback that I trust as far as his ability to take the Browns to the Super Bowl, be a franchise QB, but he's got a strong arm. He's got mobility. He buys time, and he loves to throw the ball deep. They've also got their short wide receivers. John Brown and Cole Beasley are solid, dependable wide receivers short. That lets Stefan Diggs become the deep man who can make the big plays, be the explosive guy, and score the touchdowns. It's tempting to take him here. Now, it's a PPR league, so he's going to lose out on catches from some of those guys getting touches and the fact that he's never been a big catch guy. He's not a PPR stud, so it is tempting to go DK Metcalf. Metcalf has a lot more higher ceiling. I mean, in fact, we'll just click on wide receivers as a whole over here. Um, Chark is good, too. I like Chark, but his quarterback situation is just too unpredictable for me to really like. We can click on uh, click on him and just check out some more of his stats, though, from last year. If you're ever looking and you and you kind of can't remember what he did, um, a thousand yards, 70 catches is pretty good, especially considering the situation. He still does make me nervous in this, uh, but this is a PPR league, so he's going to get force-fed as the clear-cut number one wide receiver on that team. So that that does work out pretty well. It's funny to see Jarvis Landry is still out there. In fact, looking at all these wide receivers, I get, I'm probably going to get one of these guys later on when I come back. Tyler Boyd's still out there. Um, who they just suggest? Julian Edelman's still out there. There's some options out there. So let's see at running back if there's anybody worth taking. Um, Devin Singletary, huge upside. Mark Ingram's safe, especially in a PPR league. He really is. James Conner, huge upside if I wanted to go get one more because I have secured both of my backs. Now, I'm going to avoid doing that, and we're going to wait on our running backs till later and see what we can get later on. So let's take uh, let's take DJ Chark, because I don't trust his quarterback situation, but he's a phenomenal wide receiver who had an explosive second year, and he's going to get force-fed the ball all season long. The worse that team is as a whole, the better his fantasy value is going to be. Check back at the tight ends now and see. You're starting to see the talent kind of drop off a bit. Jared Cook is still out there. Not bad, not great. Hayden Hurst is out there. If you want to take a risk on a guy, that's the guy to go for. Tyler Higbee, that's an exciting one right there. Had some huge games last year, although I'm not as big on him as some other people are. I'll actually pull up some more suggestions. Gronkowski, he's a fun, he's exciting, but not really. Uh, Mike Gusecki is a guy I would wait. If I was really going to wait, wait, wait super long, I'm going to go for Mike Gusecki. But... Of course, we'll probably wait just another round or two and see if Hayden Hurst is out there and how we feel about that. So let's pop back to the running backs and the wide receivers to see who is out there. Raheem Mostart, another guy with huge upside. It's really surprising to see what round are we even seeing here. It's round six, uh, and he's still out there. But let's actually pop back over to the draft log here and, and just pay a little more attention to who's been taken. Metcalf went, Diggs went. Now we're starting to see guys like Kyler Murray, he's going, Jarvis Landry, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson. So we're seeing more quarterbacks go off the board. So did Deshaun Watson. Um, it's no surprise to see Watson kind of fall a little bit as he lost Hopkins. That makes perfect sense. Um, but it is kind of surprising for me to see that Russell Wilson was taken after Dak Prescott. He was taken after Kyler Murray. He was taken after quite a few quarterbacks, actually. Um, 
But there's still some running back options out there. Like I said, I like Raheem Mostart, and I could maybe even wait another round on him. So let's pop over the wide receivers. Is there one more, you know, must-have wideout out there? It's not really looking like it, um, but we can keep looking for some options. Brandon Cooks in the PPR, he's going to get force-fed, and I think that's a term I've used a few times now in this video, you know, where it's just the truth. They are going to throw the ball his way because they don't really have much better options. But ultimately, you look at there's no must-have receiver out there. There's just not. Is pretty simple as that. So why don't we hop over here and, and go get one more running back? I'd love to take one of these guys, and I'm probably gonna go with Raheem Mostar. And the reason why is I love Mark Ingram. I absolutely love Mark Ingram. I think he offers a lot to a team. He's a running back who has a great balance between um, his production on the ground and his ability to produce in the air as a receiving back. But that running game is primarily Lamar Jackson, and they have a good second back. And they have a running back they just drafted with huge upside. It's very hard for me to see him doing what he did last year. Again, that was a record-setting season. The Ravens had more rushing yards than any offense in a year ever. That is going to regress because teams will focus on the run. They will key in on some tips and some tricks that the Ravens were using. They're going to adjust and they're going to slow down that offense a little bit. They're not going to stop it. The Ravens offense is a great offense, but I don't think it's going to be quite as dominant as it was last year. You throw in another, another running back into the mix, already had a good second back. I, I begin to question what Mark Ingram's season is going to look like this year. I, I don't necessarily trust him. So I'm going to go with Raheem Mostart, who... Quite honestly, I think has more upside, and he probably even has a, a, a higher floor purely off of the fact that there aren't so many running backs there, so many guys who can run the ball there. Um, so let's go with Mo Start, and that feels good. We've already gotten into our bench, even though we haven't secured what four starters, but that's okay because we're going to have to deal with running back injuries or running back buys or a lot of problems like that. However, I am seeing that two of my wide receivers have week seven buys, so it's probably a time to go and address that by taking a wide out before there's not too many options left. Um, seeing what we've got available right now, well, actually, keep forgetting to do this. This is something that I think a lot of people should do. I tell a lot of people to do this, and this is keep track of the draft log over here and pay attention to trends. I was hoping to snag Marvin Jones as my solid, reliable bench guy, but he was already taken. Jamison Crowder and Will Fuller went, though I didn't really trust Will Fuller either. I thought about Julian Edelman. The addition of Cam Newton is huge for Julian Edelman. Because quite honestly, nobody trusted Julian Edelman when he might have had Jared Stidham throwing him the ball. You know, that's just it. But you throw in a veteran quarterback, a former MVP, a guy who played in the Super Bowl, Cam Newton, who's angry on a revenge tour. I think he is bought into the kind of the Patriot way. You can see that by his contract. I mean, if he hits all of his bonuses, he's going to be making less money than three backups. That's just crazy to me. Um, so Cam Newton coming in, Cam Newton himself doesn't have huge fantasy value, but he does give some added fantasy value to Julian Edelman. Too bad he was already taken. Looking at our options here, probably go with Brandon Cooks. I know that sounds crazy, but he has been very productive when healthy. The question is, is he healthy? Down here, I see Debo Samuels. I like Debo Samuels. I just don't trust Debo Samuels. Um, there are a lot of very talented young wide receivers in the league right now, and I think he's one of the most talented out there. He is a stud wide receiver. But there's some question marks as far as his refineness. He plays very physical, but I'd love to see him work on his hands a little bit. His quarterback situation is uh, uh, sketchy at best. That Super Bowl was easily the 49ers to win had Jimmy Garoppolo moved the chains just a couple of times. I mean, they had a solid lead. If he could have just been a little more productive in the air, I feel like, honestly, a lot of that falls on Jimmy Garoppolo. But 
but no offense to him or anything like that. So let's look at some other things, though. We are late enough in the draft where I'm like, hey, let's look at some some quarterbacks. I love Tom Brady here. I think this is a great situation for Tom Brady. He's got some two of the three best wide receivers in the league, according to fantasy stats last season. Um, Mike, uh, Mike Evans would have been number three. Chris Godwin was number two, so you can see that there. Drew Brees has got the best receiver in the league, a Hall of Fame elite receiver in Michael Thomas. Um, so there are some options out there. I love Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan, he was at six straight games with 300 yards passing. There's still a lot of quarterbacks out there. Let's see what other options they will bring up. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is still out there, although I don't love him for fantasy. If you want to really wait, Matthew Stafford is a really fun pick. A lot of people don't know this, but Stafford actually had... Uh, he was on pace to finish the season because he played in just 10 games, but he was on pace to finish the season with 36 passing touchdowns. That would have tied Lamar Jackson for the most passing touchdowns in the NFL. So you may not like Stafford, but he's got two weapons. One, Kenny Galladay, who is an underrated elite wide receiver, and two, Marvin Jones, who is an elite wide receiver too. He's not an elite wide receiver one. He's no Michael Thomas, but when he's your second best wideout, Marvin Jones is phenomenal. And of course, we'll be excited to see how uh, DeAndre Swift plays a role in that offense and how TJ Hawkinson develops as hopefully a reliable tight end for Stafford. This is, could be another stud fantasy year for, for Stafford. So the way I see it, we got, what, six quarterbacks up here. The only one I wouldn't want is Aaron Rodgers. So we still got five really solid QB options. We're going to wait. We're definitely going to wait. And we're going to check back at the tight end position. Same sort of thing. Hayden Hurst is still out there. Not huge on Hooper, but I'd take Hooper. Um, we could talk about it some other time, but there are reasons I'm not going to go after Higby. And I think a lot of that comes down to his coach maybe not liking him as much as some people like him. Uh, so let's go out there and get a wide receiver. Like I said, we need to address that week seven bye. I, I tell most people don't obsess over their bye weeks, but it is a thing to pay attention to for sure. <clears throat> Anyways, we'll go back here, take a look at some more trends. We're starting to see some, some more rookies going out there. In fact, quite a few. What's that? C.D. Lamb went, Jefferson went, Keyshawn Vaughn went, Cam Akers went as four rookies in a row, followed by Tariq Cohen. So there's quite a few young guys being taken in there. Funny enough, Aaron Rodgers gets taken, Carson Wentz gets taken, Drew Brees gets taken. So there are a few quarterbacks that were taken since I was last up. And we have secured one bench running back and one bench wide receiver. So I think a lot of people are seeing there might be a run here on, on quarterbacks. I think a few more might go and it is tempting to go out and draft one. I'm going to try to wait one more. And the reason I'm going to try to wait one more is because I think this is my short run as opposed to my long run where I'm not going to have a ton of picks in between my two selections. And even pulling up more options, it's hard not to see a guy like Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones had some phenomenal games last year. And a lot of people don't know this. His 24 passing touchdowns were the third most passing touchdowns by a rookie quarterback ever. And it's crazy to think he didn't even play a full season. I think it was what? 12, 13 games that he played. Had he played the full year, he was on pace for a 32 touchdown season as a rookie. Easily would have been the best ever. That doesn't mean he's going to be a great quarterback. Uh, number two on the list is Baker Mayfield. Not necessarily supporting that case so much, but you see there's a lot of potential there. And there's still Stafford. There's still Brady. There's still Matt Ryan. I'm going to wait because, again, I see four quarterback options that I'm fine with. So let's go secure another position. Uh, we could start looking at uh, kickers. We could start looking at defenses. I'm not going to do that quite yet. Part of that is I love to stream kickers and defenses. And you know why? The leagues that I am in, 
not so much in the leagues that I'm in, but a lot of leagues and most leagues, people get lazy. They do not want to stream every week, be worrying about changing their defense and their kicker in and out based off of matchup. I enjoy it. I'm going to capitalize on it, and I'm going to go out and get those talented guys and, and play the right matchups week to week. So I intentionally wait because it's kind of fun for me, and if I can do that, then I get myself a little bit better at each position. So looks like we could still wait on a guy like Hayden Hurst. Looks like the highest he was taken is, you can actually see down here, 63rd overall. The worst was 142nd. I wonder where we're sitting at overall right now, but I'm not going to worry about it too much. Again, there's still quite a few options out there. Like I said, if I had to wait, if I missed out on Hayden Hurst, I'm going to be fine with Mike Gesicki. I'm going to be fine rolling week to week at tight end. I don't love to do that, but that's kind of the point of this. So we're going to push ourselves to continue waiting even longer. Let's see what running backs are out there because it looks like the last few guys are probably about to go. Hmm. Ronald Jones is still out there. If this were a standard league, I would be all over that pick, but it's not. So I'm a little bit hesitant. Um, I feel like you got to go James White. James White's going to see a lot of targets from a new quarterback. He's going to see a lot of usage. And he's been a PPR stud over the last few years. In fact, it was, what, two years ago, I believe, he had like seven receiving touchdowns. It's absolutely insane. Um, I feel like you got to take him. And again, he's not even my third running back. He's my fourth running back. And after taking James White, I'll be able to go out and just hit on a bunch of rookie guys and just take shots and, and just maybe make a trade, right, or gamble. So I don't have to worry about that. So that's actually what I'm going to do here. I think a lot of people would secure another position, would be worried about getting quarterback. I'm not worried about that. There's a reason when we came to this quarterback page over here earlier, I told you all the reasons I liked some of these guys, um, like Matt Ryan, Brady, Stafford, Jones. There's a reason for that because there is still quarterback talent out there, and I'm going to be just fine without a quarterback at this point. I do feel like I need another wide receiver. I definitely feel that way. Preston Williams is a really tempting guy. Henry Ruggs is also pretty tempting. Um, McCole Hardman is also in a great situation. It's honestly hard to argue with any wide receiver who is catching the ball from Pat Mahomes. Um, you see guys like Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel. They're both number what, number two and number three wide receiver behind DJ Moore. So I'm not going to go after that in an offense with Teddy Bridgewater, who seems to be a very uh, conservative quarterback. But uh, looking at it for me, honestly... It's really tempting not to go Preston Williams. I like Mike Williams. He's had some big uh, had some big years, but he really struggled last year as a guy who went over a thousand yards and only had two touchdowns. That's a major concern. And then you realize that Justin Herbert's going to be his quarterback this year. Not uh, not looking so hot for him. Kind of all over the place his career has been. So I'm going to go with Preston Williams. In fact, we can even pull that up. Not the most phenomenal year. Not, but he had some really big games. We can even look at some of his matchups here. And I think he could definitely gel really well with Tua. So I'm going to go out there and take him. Again, he's not a starter. He's not even my first bench receiver. We're picking for upside at this point because that's what we need. That's why we draft solid bench spots. There's a reason I do so much research to wait on my quarterback, to wait on my kicker, to wait on my defense, and even in this case, to wait on my tight end. Why? So I can go out early and draft solid bench wideouts and solid bench running backs so that when the late draft comes, I'm drafting purely for upside. I don't want to be in the late draft saying this dude is good enough or I need this. I'm not saying any of that ever. It's purely about what I want, you know, and that's that's really nice to be late in the draft picking for want and not for need. 
Now we can start looking. It's so funny. Higby, Hooper, Cook, Hurst, they're, they're still out there. The quarterbacks, Ryan, Brady, Stafford, Jones, they're still out there. That's really crazy to see. There hasn't been a run on those positions. You start to see some miniature runs. Um, and really, a, if you don't know, a run is just when a lot of players at a specific position get picked all at once and they just go boom, boom, boom. Um, you need to learn to tell the difference between small runs and big runs and the differences between them. Now, I've done enough mock drafts to identify that guys like Stafford, Daniel Jones, Matt Ryan, they don't go in runs. They are going to wait. We're still sitting here in the 10th round, and I knew that they were still going to be there based off of experience, and that's why we do these mock drafts, because of getting some experience, and then we can feel a little bit more comfortable, and I can wait, so that when that run starts, I know that it's going to end, and it's not going to be a quarterback run that goes all the way through the top 15 QBs. We'll come over here and get kind of adjusted with some of the things going, and the first thing that I noticed is actually all the way down here, the San Francisco 49ers got picked. That means we're going to start getting a run on defenses and kickers, and that's a run that I want to get on. I, I would like to get on top of that. So I'm actually going to go out and one of the things I like to do in my league is I don't want to worry about both the kicker or a defense for streaming week to week, so I'm going to take one or the other. Uh, San Francisco is already gone, so you go the Ravens, you go the Patriots. I'm not huge on any of those options there. I'm really not, so I want to go over here and get a kicker. Um, and there are some really great options. I'm going to go with Justin Tucker. I, I have a feeling that he is going to be kicking a lot of field goals this year. It's still a very productive offense, but if teams do what I expect and they make some adjustments and slow that running game down, we could see a few more stallouts in the red zone. Not like they're going to be a bad offense, nothing like that, but I think he'll be kicking more this year than he did last year. And after all, he is probably the greatest kicker of all time. If you don't believe me, Bill Belichick himself said it. And Bill Belichick has worked with Adam Venetieri and Stefan Goskowski, two other guys who are on that list of possible greatest of all time kickers. That's got to tell you huge stuff about Justin Tucker. And the one thing I like about it is if you are not confident or not excited to do anything with your kicker all year long, Tucker is so good that you just play him every single week. You just start him and you don't worry about it. I don't like the phrase set it and forget it because lazy fantasy football players don't win championships, but uh, sometimes that is kind of nice. Now we're sitting here in the 11th round, and if we see another defense go, that's okay. We picked in this mock draft that we're going to do stream defense. That's kind of what I was deciding to run, and starting to see some reaches, right? Some rookie reaches. A guy like Denzel Mims get picked in the 10th round. Not necessarily a bad draft pick, um, but just guys who are just looking to fill their roster, and they just put whoever in there. A.J. Dillon was picked at this point. That's not bad. I'd be curious to see if this team had um, other Packers players. I'm surprised... I was going to say I'm surprised that whoever had Aaron Jones didn't pick him, but I have Aaron Jones. And for any of you who watch the FFP, I don't do a whole lot of handcuffs, which is something that maybe I should do in more mock drafts in the future. But uh, Marlon Mack did fall pretty far. I can understand that. However, it kind of makes some sense with the, uh, the picking of Jonathan Taylor. It's got to make you a little bit nervous. So... Looking at it right now, we've got, what is that, two wide receivers, two running backs. We still need our quarterback. It might be time to take it, but again, you got to follow the trends. These guys are still here. These quarterbacks are still here, and I still feel like I've got four fair options. The other thing to note is these guys are going to get dropped. If, say I draft uh, uh, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Stafford, Jones, those guys are going to get dropped at some point. When you have a crappy roster and you're struggling to scrape together wide receivers and running backs, you can't afford a bench QB. And when he's on a bye, 
you, you drop him to pick up another guy. That's what happens. I see it happen all the time, and that's how I've gotten steals. Like, for example, a couple years ago, remember Saxonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars stud defense? Yeah, I picked them up on the free agency because some idiot dropped them. Granted, they were just being stupid, but what do you know? What did they tell me when I asked them about it? Because I was laughing. I said, you know, why did you do that? And they're like, well, I couldn't afford to drop any of my receivers or running backs because I didn't really have great receivers or running backs. This affords me, when I go out and get those backs and receivers early, it affords me the ability to not worry about that so much and to capitalize on other people who are desperately trying to scrape together those positions. So we're still, we're still going to wait. We're not going to wait on a tight end, however. I want to right now sit down and let's decide which guy we're going to take. Now, I don't want to go for Tyler Higby. I've heard some reports that um, uh, Coach Sean McVay doesn't like him as much as some people like him. That he's not as big on Tyler Higby as, uh, as other people are. As are. And, I, and I believe that. And so I'm kind of going to avoid him. But we do want to give him a brief second to look at some of his numbers. There's his stats. So he's been in the league for a few years. That's normal for tight ends to be slow developing. He did have a lot of yards and a lot of catches. That was really productive for him. It was out of character for the Rams, though. Their running game was awful. They had a team 3.8 yards per carry. That's horrendous. And they were bad defense. They had a bad offensive line. They were throwing the ball a lot. That was honestly a bit of a struggle year for the Rams. And of all those yards, he saw just three touchdowns. Now, three touchdowns isn't horrible, but we know that the tight end position typically has less yards and more touchdowns. So we come into next year and their running game is better and their, their defense is better. Their offensive line is better and all sorts of things. And they don't have as many issues. They could be throwing the ball less. Higby could get less yards and somewhere around the same amount of touchdowns. That's, that's not great news. So I don't really trust him. Not very big on Hooper either. I think it concerns me that he was so fantasy productive last year and they were perfectly willing to just let him go. Felt like in a lot of ways that was the Falcons saying, hey, he's a fair tight end, but we, we kind of gave him the stats that he had by targeting him so much. I like Jared Cook. Um, he's a guy who makes me a little nervous. He's been in the league for quite a while. I love to pick some, some younger guys. But he's been very productive over the last two years, 15 touchdowns in the last two seasons. So I'm probably going to go with Jared, Hook, Jared Cook, uh, but Hayden Hurst is another guy to consider. Did come onto the scene um, as a fairly solid tight end last year, but the Ravens did let him go. And he was a first-round pick, which is exciting, but he's a first-round pick who immediately lost out to Mark, in or, excuse me, Mark Andrews, who proved to be the better tight end. So uh, I'm going to go with Jared Cook, and we're going to rely on his ability to score touchdowns. And he wasn't bad PPR either. 43 catches isn't great, but you have to remember he played just 14 games. And that's all another thing. His nine touchdowns were in 14 games. So we look back at the year before when he played a full 16 games. What did he have? Over 100 targets, 68 catches, 900 yards. That's a productive season. So let's take Jared Cook at this point. And you know what? To be surprised, I'm kind of surprised to admit that I, I feel pretty confident in my tight end right now. I really do. So we're just going to go look now and see what's out there. Dallas Godert's still out there. He's a guy, if he were on any other team, he would be an elite tight end in fantasy. But um, he's stuck behind Ertz, who is a, you know, just a phenomenal option out there. And it looks like Matt Ryan went, so we're going to probably see a few more quarterbacks taken soon. Now is the time to draft your guy. The question you have to ask if you were in my shoes right now is, is, do you want Stafford or Brady? I like Daniel Jones, but I don't think he's ready to be a trusted quarterback. I think he's going to see on and off of the free agent market, and you'll be able to pick him up other times in the season for a few games at a time. But uh, that's the question you got to ask yourself. Tom Brady 
how's his age and how's he going to play in this new offense? How often are they going to throw? Um, Jameis Winston had big numbers. But Jameis Winston needed big numbers because he threw a lot of interceptions. He was a gunslinger. He was the modern-day Brett Favre. Brady is not the modern-day Brett Favre, and he will not make those turnovers. The question you must ask yourself is, will that limit his fantasy value? Because he won't need these fourth-quarter comebacks and big plays and throwing the ball a ton and garbage time stats. Because, yes, Winston had garbage time stats. Probably not. So for me, I'm going to go Stafford, who uh, their defense got even worse this offseason. Garbage time stats is pretty much how Matthew Stafford makes a living. That's no knock on him because it's not his fault, right? He's not a bad quarterback for it, but he does get that. It helps him, and it's a big chunk of his fantasy numbers. We still see guys as funny. Jared Goff and Ryan Tannehill are still out there, so you know maybe I even could have waited longer on my quarterback. I guess that's another lesson for us to pick up. Right now, all we need is our defense and two bench spots. So let's see about one more running back. Oh, that is tempting. Alexander Madison is a tempting back to pick because I simply don't trust the health of Dalvin Cook. And I don't like drafting backup running backs or backup wideouts or anything like that. So it makes me feel like I'm wasting a pick. But it honestly feels like 50-50 that Dalvin Cook will be healthy. So it will be nice to secure one more guy who is really one injury away from being a top 20, top 15 fantasy back. I really do mean that. Um, Naheem Hines, uh, tempting because it's a PPR league, but I'm going to have to say no just simply because they added another running back in that situation. So let's take Madison. Um, something that me and Rob here at the FFP, we've always said, um, and we say this about NFL teams drafting at the NFL draft and for people who are drafting at the fantasy draft, uh, draft for talent, don't draft for need. You want to get the best players on your roster as possible, and that's how you're going to win. Finally, now we kind of look at the, a wide receiver unless we maybe want to go pick up a defense, which there's still some options out there, some not bad options. Kind of tempting to go with maybe the Eagles or the Chiefs. But uh, let's come back to the wide receivers real quick. Hunter Renfro was really turning it on towards the end of last season. He played in just 13 games, and yet he still had 50 catches, essentially 605 yards and four touchdowns. And he's going to get better and better. He's a guy who was not expected to be a top wideout. Remember that Tyrell Williams was supposed to be the guy, and really by the end of the season, we shot, we saw pretty confidently, at least for me, Hunter Renfro was the guy. So I'm going to go out and snag him right now, and we've got one more round left. Let's see what defense we get stuck with. That's perfectly okay if we don't get one, because we will stream from week to week if we have to. And there's still some fair options out there. Tennessee, Philadelphia, those are tempting options. I think the Chiefs are the most tempting for me simply because they're going to move the chains, they're going to score touchdowns, and boom, that's going to create fantasy points. That always has. That's one of the big key components for a fantasy defense, putting up big numbers. A few trends we noticed. Look at this last round. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. Every single team in the last round drafted either a defense or a kicker. You'll see that in basically every league that you're in. Over half of them, the majority of them were kickers. You, you see that a lot. It happens all the time. People just simply waiting on kickers because they, they, they're just not excited by kickers. So yeah, you can always afford to wait a little bit longer. When we actually look at my team, I drafted a kicker way earlier than everyone else. And I'm sort of okay with that, though it is a lesson to learn. I can wait a little longer. We scroll up here and see a lot of the wide receivers taken in that round 2, 3, 4 range. That's, of course, very expected. But as a whole, I really do like my team. We go look at my roster. My backs are great. Ezekiel Elliott and Aaron Jones are our two top five running backs last year, for sure. Solid numbers. 
And while my wide receivers aren't the best of the best, remember Mike Evans was on pace to finish third behind Chris Godwin there and Mike, uh, Michael Thomas. A.J. Brown was easily the best rookie receiver, and he went over 1,000 yards despite having Marcus Mariota for a few games. And D.J. Chark. He's going to get garbage time stats. He had a phenomenal second year, and he's just freakishly athletic. He really is. Well, I don't say that about a lot of people because I think in the NFL world, we hear that all the time. Man, this dude's such an athlete. He's so talented. We hear that a lot. Um, when I say that about DJ Chark, I mean that even more than when we say that about other people. I did manage to secure Jared Cook. Not the best tight end option, but considering where I took him, that's great. That is really great. In fact, I, I can't remember what round I took him in. So we're looking at uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11th round to get a tight end who last year had uh, 9 touchdowns in 14 games. Yeah, he's a little bit older, but I don't care about what he's going to do 3 or even 2 years from now. I care what he's going to be doing a couple months from now, so that's what really counts. Um, not everything was a hit for me. I would honestly like to maybe have one more stud running back. That maybe sounds a little crazy, but I do have good options. Madison is a bit of a throwaway pick in that, you know, he could sit dead weight on my bench for a few weeks if Dalvin Cook maintains his healthiness and I may end up dropping him. That might have been my worst pick of the draft, honestly, but I feel okay about it. Maybe I should have waited on Madison and picked a wide receiver because Brandon Cooks as my number uh, five is it is not amazing. As a whole, though, I love this roster. I felt like I got away with waiting on my tight end as it allowed me to do something I don't get to do often, which is feel good about my wide receivers while still having elite running backs. That comes priority number one for me, elite running backs, just right off the bat. That is what I want more than anything else. I will then go straight for my wide receivers. And it looks like you can afford to do so. Um, again, waited quite a bit on that. And then, boom, that kind of started a, a minor run where we saw Higby, Hooper, Gesicki, Jonu Smith, Gronk, a lot of guys go in the next two rounds after that. And so I was really smart because there was not what... Man, what is that? One, two, three, four rounds straight without a single tight end taken. And then, boom, I took a tight end and that run started. That's a trend in note. There's a reason these things are color-coded on this site. And it's not because it looks pretty, although it, I guess it does look pretty. It's so you can literally see, hey, there's no red for four rounds. That's because no tight ends were taken. Suddenly, you took a tight end and that trend started to pick up quite a bit. So looking at it, we secured a solid kicker, a great kicker in Justin Tucker. Maybe reached on him. Maybe we could have waited another round or two. But we did see defenses get taken a lot earlier, in fact. What round was that in? Round three, four, five, six, seven, eight. The Steelers' defense was taken in round eight. You know that that's not starting a trend that wasn't a run on defenses because it was too early. It was too out of the norm. But if you, if you do it in a more reasonable time, a round or two later, then it can kind of start to happen. So... This was my draft, guys. Let me know what you think. Hopefully you can see all of the players there. I love my starters. I think I have a safe bench, um, even though there are some certainly some question marks there, guys like Brandon Cooks. I think he's safe in that he's a phenomenal wide receiver who is the wide receiver one with a great quarterback who's going to get lots of targets. He's a major health risk, though. However... Again, I'm not huge on some of my other bench guys. Preston Williams and Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro and Preston Williams are both young wide receivers who've got fair upside. And I also feel like they're reliable. I think it's a good mix. I would have loved to maybe taken some more shots on some more high upside guys. Um, but... That being said, I've got high upside guys. A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, and D.J. Chark are phenomenal upside receivers. So maybe that was kind of flipping the script a little bit. 
Anyways, that's my lineup again. Make sure to leave a comment, guys, and let me know. What do you think? Did Was this a terrible draft? Was this a great draft? What was it? Was it a confusing draft? And did you like the idea of just kind of experimenting by waiting on a tight end? Um, it's not something I typically do, but I did enjoy it. So, guys, thank you so much for watching. As always, you have a great day, and God bless.